0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times, and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Awesome! Thank you so much, mate. I aspire—I aspire to be you, Chin. I feel like—I feel like I'm going bald. Um, so I'm just gonna like, and Anna, but my wife, she's like, don't don't try and hide it. Just Go. If, it, if, if, if one hair leaves, it's all gone. So I'm looking at you, mate. Anyway, I'm, I'm so excited to be bringing you the second week of our relationship series. Uh, if you weren't here last week or if you missed it, uh, our executive pastor, Miles, brought an amazing word on the Holy Spirit uh, and what it looks like to have a relationship with what he called his best friend. So if you miss that, please go watch it on YouTube or listen to it on iTunes. Just a quick thing. Does anyone actually listen to podcasts on Spotify? Okay, we need to get on that. Cool. Thank you. Just a little survey for me. All right, cool. But yeah, he brought an amazing word. And when we, when we thought of this relationship series, we didn't want it to be just another church one. And like 10 weeks to get a wife, like that's Bible college. Like, sorry, Ellie, but we like, we didn't want to do this like... We want there's so many relationships that we come across every day that we want to talk about, and when I got asked to do this, I just my mind went straight to the Book of Samuel. There are so many good and messed up relationships in that book. You've got uh, family dynamics with uh, David and his brothers. You have even like fam- uh, uh, groups, uh, f- uh, friend groups Sorry, with David and his mighty men. You then have father-son with uh, Saul and Jonathan and then David and Absalom. Like the list goes on. They're all in there. So if you want to learn about relationships, read the book of Samuel. But the relationship that I want to focus on today is that of spiritual father to spiritual son. And before the women like go, okay, this is not for me, this is 100% for you as well. Because when I say spiritual father, I also mean spiritual mother. And when I say spiritual son, I also mean spiritual daughter. Because who knows that we need Samuels and Eli's, but we also need Ruth's and Naomi's. So we need it in our church, in our world. So I want to focus on the relationship between the prophet uh, Samuel, and the priest Eli. So that's spiritual father to spiritual son. Um, and the reason that this this topic is so, so dear to me is that I didn't meet my father until I was almost 21. I didn't know him growing up. The first time my wife met my dad was the first time I met my dad. And I know you're probably thinking... Um, Preachers normally start with like a funny joke, a funny story, like some kind of icebreaker. But no, we're going all in from the start. But if you're good, I'm good. You good? Awesome. So so basically, my mum was married to a man and then I was born through an affair and they broke up. But then they were able to reconcile uh, about three months into my life. Uh, But it was only under one condition, that no one, including me, was to ever know that he wasn't my father. So I grew up just thinking that this guy was my dad, whatever, he was good enough, like just going through life. But then about the time I was eight, uh, eight years old, he, he cheated on my mum and then they broke up. And then through this messy separation, he gave my mum an ultimatum. You have one week to tell him he's, he's not my child or I will tell him. And I don't know how my mum got from that point to telling me, but on by, by God she did, by the grace of God she did. So I got a day off school, which was awesome. Eight years old, days off school, right? And my mum worked. My mum worked for the school. So days off school were rare. If I was sick, I was at school. If my sisters were sick, I was at school. Like, we didn't get days off. So I was like, this is sick. My sisters are at school. Me and mum are going out to the park. It's going to be a great time. So I get to the park and she sits me down and she tells me that the man that I thought was my father wasn't. And in that moment, my life flipped upside down. I didn't know what to think, but it wasn't the same. I, had, I only had one question for her, which if you want to know it, come talk to me later. But she answered it. And then I just went off to the park and played. So for my... Most of, if I would say my whole childhood and growing up, I didn't have a father figure in my house. So if it wasn't for the spiritual fathers that got around me, even till today, the spiritual fathers that are around me today, I wouldn't be on this platform. If it wasn't for the spiritual fathers, I would be the man I am today. So that's why I want to talk about this relationship of spiritual father. So with, with um, Samuel and Eli, they're... Their relationship can be found in the first four chapters of uh, the book of Samuel. But I want to focus on one story. So let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was where, rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. What I love about this verse is that it pretty much sums up the, the previous two chapters. Like a lot of stuff has gone on. But it sums it up. So Samuel, around this time he was 12 years old and he was in the care of Eli. So he was like being raised in the temple of the Lord. And the reason for this was that when he was really young, most scholars believe around two to four years old, that uh, his parents, who were good parents, but they dedicated him to God and gave him to God to become a Levite, to become a priest for his whole life. So then they went up to Shiloh and literally gave him, their two-year-old son, to the priest Eli to raise. Like, I have an almost two-year-old son. That would be like me calling up Miles and just be like, hey, man, um, can you just take my son and just raise him, right? And then I'll see you in 10 years. (laughs) Like, he has five kids. He's got enough on his plate. He doesn't need another child, right? But that's what it's like. So he was being raised in the house of the Lord, in the ways of the Lord, by a spiritual father. But then on the flip side it says that there was, the word of the Lord was rare. And the reason for that was the priesthood had degraded. They had, liked, they had gone, they had fallen to almost the point of no return. And that actually included Eli's biological children, Phineas and Hophni. This kind of stuff that they were doing was messed up. They, so when the Israelites would bring their, their sacrifices to the altar, these priests would just take them. Before they could burn them, before they could do whatever with them, they would take them and just eat them for themselves. They were literally standing in between Israel and their worship to God. That's what the priests were doing. And not only that, they would be hanging out in the temple, and any woman that walked in, they'd have their way. These were the priests that were leading Israel. This is the priesthood that Samuel walked into. But thankfully, he had a good spiritual father. And in verse 19, we see, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, so that's from the top of Israel to the bottom, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. If it wasn't for his spiritual father, who knows where he would have ended up. But we do know where Samuel ended up. He became a kingmaker. He became a prophet to Israel. He anointed and dedicated King David to be king. That's who he was. But the thing is, if we aren't leading the next generation, if we aren't leading the next generation to seek God, if we aren't leading the next generation to find God, the world will. If we aren't teaching them how to know the word, The world will. If they're not coming to us to ask us what's going on in the Word, culture will tell them what the Word is. And that's happening now. You go on TikTok, flick through a couple of things, there's just people there telling telling them what to believe. we, We have a decision to make. We have a decision to make as a church. Are we going to raise the next generation to be Phineas and Hophnes? Or are we going to raise the next generation to be Samuels, to be kingmakers in this world? Because John Wesley says, what one generation allows, the next will embrace. If we allow Phineas and with the next generation are going to embrace them. So we have a decision to make right now. Before I get too much into it, let's pray. All right, Jesus, I fill this place with your presence, Lord. We just pray that, I pray that my words do not fall on deaf ears today. I pray the Holy Spirit come down and reveal the word of the Lord to these people. Reveal the word of the Lord. I have, I have a sermon, but you have a message that you want to speak. So I just give it all to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the title of my message, and I've been getting a bit of slack for this, but I honestly couldn't think of anything else. The title of my message is, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. So if you're writing notes, write that down. But honestly, I'm just like, it's for the clickbait. I'm just going to get those views on YouTube, and we're good to go. But it's who's your daddy, all right? (laughs) Okay. So, oh, man. It's, yeah, I'm still, anyway, that's what it is. But I I believe, I think that one of the reasons we don't have enough spiritual fathers working as spiritual fathers, because we have them, but they're not working as spiritual fathers, is because we don't know where to start. The first time someone came to me to mentor them and asked, I was like a deer in headlights. I was like, yep. Let's get coffee. That's what they do, right? We just haven't been taught. But on the flip side, spiritual sons think that they don't need spiritual fathers. They've, they're like, I'm good. I'm, I'm working out it on my own. I can do this. It's me against the world. And that's, and that's just a result of the egocentric culture that we live in. So I want to give us a couple thoughts today about what it means to be a spiritual father and what it means to be a spiritual son. The first one, spiritual fathers... Are spiritual leaders. So, um, in the so in uh, Samuel three, uh, one night uh, Eli has gone re- retired to his room and he's sleeping, and then Samuel uh, is sleeping in the presence of the Lord in the tent of meeting. So, verse verse four. Then the Lord called Samuel. Who knows that to hear the Lord, you need to be in the presence of the Lord. That's where he was. The Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord yet. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again, the third time now. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Man, like, at this point, so Samuel's around the age of 12, and Eli's like between 80 and 90 years old. Like, I I have enough trouble with my own son waking me up, yet alone somebody else's son waking me up. Three times in a night, are you... Ah, oh, man, I, you would be human. You'd be like, "This is nope, I, this is not what I signed up for. Please go back to bed." But Eli, being Eli, perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, "Go lay down, and if He calls you, you shall say, "Speak, Lord, for your servant hears." So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came to Samuel and stood. Calling as at other times, Samuel. Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. As spiritual leaders, we need to be teaching the next generation how to know the Lord, how to love the Lord, and how to hear the Lord. In verse 7, he says that the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He didn't know the Lord yet, but within one night, he had had a conversation with God. He had heard the voice of the Lord. He had heeded the voice of the Lord. He had gone, speak to me, Lord. And he got a prophecy from the Lord in one night. But it wasn't just one night. It was the previous 10 years that he'd been raised in the house of the Lord. That discipleship that he had gone through. That relationship that he had built with Eli. For me, when, like, obviously growing up without a dad and not having that father figure in my house. I honestly, I was like eight years old. He's not my dad. Awesome. I'm the man in the house at eight years old. Not so much. However, I thought it was me against the world. But once my mum made an intentional decision to, to come to church every week, to, to be in the house of the Lord every week, I was able to get around other men, and other men were able to get around me. And I remember one guy in particular, that he he was a father and he was a husband and... He said and he just he just invested into me he said hey Ben I like let's let's have a Bible study like I had I had given my life to Christ at this point but I had not really been discipled so I was just trying to work it out by myself right but he said hey let's work it out together let's let's read let's have a Bible study together uh, every Monday night after I've done my uh, husbandly duties after I've done my fatherly duties I'm going to invest into you so He's, I started coming over. And honestly, at the start, it was awkward. Like, I was like, this is, sure, let's talk about God, guy I don't really know. Um, but <laughs> week after week, it just got better. And week after week, it became less awkward. And he was able to invest into me properly. And it wasn't like, okay, this is the right thing to do. This is the wrong thing to do. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't be doing. What he did was he modeled and he was an example of what it was to know the Lord, to love the Lord, and then to be able to hear the Lord. And that then sparked in me, that that sparked in me a love for God, a love for His Word. And it only came through an example. It didn't come through our 30-minute message. It came through an example of a man just wanting to invest into me. And that's one of the reasons why I love our prayer nights on tomorrow night, is that we have amazing men and women in here who know how to pray. And that's why I come. I Sorry, but I come to hear from you guys. I'm like, I want to know what you're praying. I want to know how you're praying. Because that then makes me a better prayer. So if you don't know how to pray, or if you want to get better at praying, or if you just feel like you're stuck, come. Because you can get around other prayers to, to help grow that in you. But if you're thinking, oh, but I know how to pray. Well, come. Because yes. we need teachers. We need people to show the next generation how to pray. So, so, please, please come. So, the, the Lord has said, Samuel, and he's listening, right? So, then, verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Samuel's like, This is going to be good. I'm excited. Let's come on. Come on, Lord. Speak to me. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house should not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Imagine what Samuel was feeling. The man that had raised him, he was like two years old. He's probably not saying many words. So he was probably calling him dad. The man that had raised him to know the Lord, to love the Lord, to know the word of the Lord. And then in the first instance, to hear the Lord. The first time he heard the Lord was a prophecy against this man. Imagine what he was thinking. He was, he was probably like, ah, no, Lord, I think you got the wrong number. <laughs> Hanging up. But he was scared. But he's like, but he heard it. And we're so thankful for the Eli. So Samuel lay down unto morning, verse verse, uh, 15. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, Eli, it is the Lord. Let him do what he seems good. In that moment, Eli could have flipped a table because there was many tables in the house of the Lord. He could have flipped. He's like, nope, Sam, you, you must have heard wrong. What, I don't, I've been teaching you how to hear the Lord and you have heard wrong. It's time to start again. We got Samuel, what are you doing, mate? Like, I've taught you how to hear, and you're hearing wrong. But that's not what he did. In that moment, in all of those years that he had uh, taught Samuel to obey, in that moment, he modelled obedience. He modelled how to heed the word of the Lord. Because sometimes we can read the word of the Lord, and we don't like it. But the, the, Lord, the word of the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of the Lord is true forever, and that's what Eli was doing in this moment. He was showing Samuel how to heed the word of the Lord, that the word of the Lord is true, and whatever the, what is coming against you, we need to move forward. So, spiritual fathers are spiritual leaders. Secondly spiritual sons are teachable. One thing I find so funny is that on one side we have Samuel, this kingmaker, this prophet to to Israel. And then on the other side, we have these like rotten priests, Phinehas and Hophni, yet they both had the same father. One spiritual, one biological. And honestly, these priests, they they were the worst. They were doing what was right in their own eyes. And in chapter 2, Eli had had enough. So he came against his sons and and he rebuked them. He said, you are not the men that I've made you to be. You are not the priest that I've grown you to be. You are not the priest God has called you to be. And in verse 25, we hear, but they did not listen. They did not listen. They didn't listen to their father's rebuke. Yet on the other side, Samuel Three times when he was 12 years old, I work in a childcare centre and it's hard enough trying to wake up a child after a rest, yet alone them waking up in the middle of the rest when they hear their name. But three times, Samuel hears his name and he goes to Eli. And then in the morning, after he's got this prophecy against Eli, he hears his name and he goes. Every time, Samuel positioned himself under Eli. He was always teachable. He was always ready to hear what his father was wanting to tell him. Even in verse 1, it says, when he was ministering, it was in the presence of Eli. He always positioned himself. I hear this so many times. I want a mentor. Will you mentor me? I need a mentor. I want to be better. But time and time again, what they're really saying is, I want a cheerleader. I want someone to stand behind me, wave those pom-poms, and just say, you're amazing. You are so good. And, like, honestly, that's, a, that's great. Because my, my two-year-old, just well, almost two, he learned how to say bus the other day. And I was like, woo, this kid's smart. <laughs> yes, bus. And then he points to a truck and says bus. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, but, like, we should be celebrating. We should be raising them up. But the thing is that we want the mentor without the correction. We want the celebration without the discipline. We need to be, if we want a mentor, we want to grow. So David, in Psalm 141, King David, the king that Samuel actually dedicated and anointed, writes these words. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Let my head not refuse it. But here's the thing. These types of relationships can only come through personal relationships built on trust. If you don't trust the person rebuking you, you'll be like, who's this guy? Quick survey, who likes being disciplined? (laughs) One person. I think I saw two people. Okay, two people like being disciplined. Okay, second question. Who likes being... Oh, I saw a child up the back with a hand up. You're like, that's good. We're raising him in the ways of the Lord. All right, second question though. Who likes being disciplined by someone you don't know? No one. No one wants to be disciplined. Like what do you, who do you think you are coming and tell me what to do? You don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. Come on. We don't have respect for anyone that doesn't, hasn't tried to build a relationship with us. We have no respect for them. This correction, this mentorship, this spiritual fatherhood, this spiritual sonship can only come, only come through a relationship built on trust. And that's why I love our men's ministry. Because what it is, it's just men coming together with other men building relationship. It's men just hanging out, being men. It's men finding spiritual fathers and it's iron sharpening iron. And this is for men of all ages because I know I still need spiritual fathers. I need people to rebuke me, to discipline me. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I do. I don't like it. Yes. Other way. <laughs> Chin actually he, he will call me out sometimes. He'll just be like, "Hey mate, why did you do that?" and just give me a little slap. And I'm like, "Yes, valid. I, that was, that was my bad, my bad." But we need to be we need to be in those relationships built on trust. So Firstly, spiritual fathers are spiritual leaders. Secondly, spiritual sons are, are teachable. And thirdly, as the band comes, spiritual fathers always direct to the Heavenly Father. Amen. Always. In 1 Corinthians uh, 4 verse 15, it says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, basically people telling you what to do, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then to be imitators of me. This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And then a couple of chapters later, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. If you want someone to imitate you, you need to be imitating Christ. That's, that's what it is. We need to be directing our, our spiritual sons always to the heavenly father, always to the everlasting father, Jesus when I was in my 20s, I was, I was talking to one of my mentors, one of my spiritual fathers, who wasn't that much older than me in age, but in wisdom, God, Like, man, this guy knew what he was talking about. And I was telling him my story, talking about it, how I wasn't raised with a father. And he just goes, why do you think you turned out so good? And I was like, whoo, must have been me if I turned out so good. But I was a bit more honest, and I said, I I don't know. I don't know why I turned out the way I have. Like, my mum was pretty good. She gave me what I wanted. Um, And he just responded, it's because you've always had a father. You've always had a father in heaven looking out for you. You've always had a father who cared for you. always had a father directing your steps, leading you in the ways that you need to go. And in that moment, a light was switched on and it revealed my entire life that every time that I thought that I was alone, I was not alone. Every time that I thought that I I didn't have anyone, He was always there for me. I remember one time just crying out to God because that's all I had, that's all I had. He was always there and I realized that the way that I viewed my earthly fathers had distorted the way that I viewed God. I knew my my dad was real. So I'm like, see, God's real. But then I knew that my dad was absent. So therefore God was absent. I knew that my dad didn't want to talk to me. So I thought God didn't want to talk to me. I thought that my father didn't want me around. So I thought that God didn't want me around. But the spiritual fathers that got around me, bit by bit, were breaking that away. And it changed. It changed how I viewed God. I knew that He always loved me. He always loved me. He always cared for me. He was always there for me. And I think there's people in this room that need to know that today. In Psalm 139, it says, He knows when I sit. He knows when I stand. He knows the words that are going to exit my mouth before I even say them. There's no mountain that I can go to, no valley that I can go to that His presence will not be there. He knew me before He knitted me in my mother's womb. Where can you go from the Father's presence? The answer is nowhere. He has always been there, always been there for you, always. And you might, you might be thinking, you might be an Eli or you might be a Samuel and you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? It's just a question. It's just an asking because we have spiritual fathers and spiritual sons in this house ready. Come to the prayer meeting. Come to men's ministry. Come to the table outside. It just comes with a question. Hey, do you want to go for coffee? Hey, do you want to grab a beer? Whatever you will need to do. I've even had people ask me, it's like, I would like a mentor, but can you tell me who who would be good for me? It just comes with a question. And the thing is as well, you might not even be knowing who you're mentoring. Because for me, I wouldn't be the father I am today without the fathers in this house. I've I've seen countless numbers of fathers around here and I'm like, I want to be like him. So I just get near them. I get around them. It's just the example that you are presenting that you can teach others. So are you leading a life worth replicating? There's... There's people in this house right now that don't know, don't know God or are far from God. They feel like the Lord has left them. They feel like the Lord has never been there for them. But I need, I want to tell you today, the Lord will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He knows your every thought. He knows your every desire. He knows your every wish. He knows everything about you. He knows more, than, more about you than you know about yourself. Because He knows how many hairs are on your head. Except for chin. Zero. But... <laughs> But He knows you so intimately and all He wants you to do is say, here I am. Like Samuel said to Eli, here I am. So with eyes closed, if that's you today, if you feel, if you don't know this God, this Father, this Jesus Christ who died for your sins, that you could be set free and, become, and come into relationship with this amazing Father. If you don't know, if you don't know Him, or if you're far from Him, I'm just going. I just want you to raise your hand right now. No one's looking. We just want, we just want to know who you are, so we can get alongside you. If you don't know this Father, I just ask that you raise your hand right now. Yes, Lord. I just pray for all all the Samuels, all the Elis in this room. I pray that you fill them with a Holy Spirit of fire that that will lead the next generation to be kingmakers. I just pray a blessing over everyone here right now.